This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have what you contributed to racing? You are one of these take out merchants. Take out all you can. And it's a very warm welcome to this Friday edition of the Bar Stewards Inquiry. I'm Catherine Fry and joining me are John Leng and Lee Keys. Of course, as ever, in association with systembet.co.uk. Now, these guys have had a really busy couple of weeks. They've had they've been at York, back in winners left, right and centre at York. And they also have done very well on the podcast front lately. So just they're taking a little deck chair back today. And I'm going to sit back in the presenting seat while I let the boys talk about all things flat racing. We are going to be looking at Newmarket, Beverly, and of course, the feature meeting at Goodwood. So uh, good evening, uh, Lee and John. How are we? Oh, good evening. Good <laughs> evening, Catherine. Good to have you back in the chair. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. And you all right, John? Yes, nice to say you're up from the cellar, dear. Thank you, John. Thanks. Thanks for letting me out. I appreciate it. Well, you were going to wear the outfit, and I agreed to let you out if you did. <laughs> so wrong. Yeah. Um, we have got a few um, listeners. I nearly said readers wives then we have have got a few uh listeners questions to uh start off tonight's show so i'm just going to go read them out in the order that they've appeared on my screen uh so we have a a message from martin coin on twitter hi guys love your show i'm 69 new to this game of betting nothing else going on in my retirement totally rely on the trinity for advice my question is should i bet individually or chance doubles or bigger bets how do you guys play? Thanks again for your pointers. Lee, you bet for a living. You start this one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Martin, I mean, do do whatever you feel comfortable. If you can't follow the Bob Ogden path in life of, uh, you know, of uh, taking a few dolly birds to the races, um, you know, and, and uh, having a few parties, uh, big meetings, then I would suggest that, you know, you play whatever's comfortable to you. Do you like big wins? Are you happy with uh, small pickups now and again? Do you like long losing runs, things like that? Well, <laughs> no one likes long losing runs, but obviously the the more you try and win, obviously the longer mm. losing runs you're going to have. So, so therefore it's on you really. So, I mean, if, if you're following the tips, maybe look at, listen to the reasonings on the pod and maybe put a few in a lucky 15 that you like or, or whoever makes the best cases that you like, maybe do that for time and, and just keep the stakes real and um, uh, within your pension. <laughs> within your pension. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I, I would say, um, you know, if you are sort of just, you know, what, watching racing on the TV, uh, I'd, you know, people people that say that multiples and stuff like that are mug bets i don't think they are you know, yes. I, I don't get that reasoning at all and i think you know if you sort of fancy a couple on the day and you're going to be feet up in front of the tv why not sling them in a multiple i mean if, if you're a recreational punter now on a saturday bookmakers are fantastic you know you're not you're not trying to take the crown jewels off them well you are but you you know you, it, it's 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 small stake stuff that they love and you, you can get some tremendous oh. offers like if you've got a sky account um i mean 
I mean, they're hard to come by. But if, if you have got, they pay terrific place terms, each way terms. They'll, they'll have an extra place on the, they'll make it six places, seven places, eight places, even some handicaps. Um, you know, so, so there's lots of ways you can have a bit of fun and um, certainly enjoy your Saturdays um, on, on our bad tips. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> so, yeah. John, any any thoughts on this question? Yeah, hi Martin. Thanks for the email. Um, really, I mean, when I changed the blog spot this year, I, I aimed it really at people like yourself. Last year, I, I basically just mirrored the bets I was having, and I had a lot of people saying, "Oh, I can't bet like that," and all the rest of it, and you'll get good prices, and we're getting shit, and all this. So. Matt, the, the bets I put up there are working man's prices and working man's stakes. Uh, everything's worked out at SP. And, well, I mean, Albain, well, you won't take any harm if you follow it. And if you do, don't slag me off on Twitter because I'm <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Thank, there you go, Martin. <laughs> Thanks for your question, Martin. Um, yeah, I, I would say do whatever. Obviously, we we do promote responsible gambling on this show. So, see, yeah. bet, bet with, you know, always bet within your means. As long as and, you've got some uh, gin and paint, Dan, you, you know. And, G- you know, gin and paint. <laughs> just bot- bottle of gin, feet up in oh, front of the sell, TV. Sell credit cards at once. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, God. Okay, um, a question here from um, Ian Davis. I know every blade of grass at Beverly races, as in my long distance running youth, I used to run around the track every Sunday morning, starting at the five furlong stroke, two miles start. It's a stiff five furlong and an equally stiff three furlongs finish. Yet the front end bias is undeniable. Why do you think this is? John, I'll start with you. Now, come on, Ian. (laughs) I have a friend who knows every blade of grass around Beverly and he does it from running round the field chasing cattle trying to interfere with them. <laughs> yeah. Actually John knowing your friends that's possibly true. <laughs> um, I think the, the thing is um they all they all maybe try and save a bit for the ill, you know. And I th- I, I, I just get the feeling it it, it it's similar to Carl Island, it's makeup lately, Beverly, the, the dimensions of the track. And you don't get a lot making ground up from there either on the, in the sprint tracks. You, you, you know, it's, it's as though you, you need to be on that front end. And, you, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not Simon Rowland, you know, and I'm sure we're both delighted about that. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know, you know, it just seems to be that's the case, you know. Dimensions of the track, I put it down, oh, but I haven't looked at it closely enough to find out why it is. <laughs> Thanks, John. Um, Lee, do you have a thought on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a, as a, as a better and in-running player, obviously I study a lot of track biases and a lot of the uphill tracks, Carlisle, Beverly, um, Pontefract, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because they've got bends and it's uphill. Um, you often get a lot of sort of trouble in behind. So it's a so the first first and foremost thing when a horse is trying to make ground up a hill, it can't mm-hmm. get through, and it's looking for room. Um, 
a horse can't quicken as well uphill as it can downhill. It's, it's, it's just, 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 just the fact they can't reach those miles per hour. That say, if you've got an horse at the turn of foot, they'll probably do, I don't know, uh, a 43 mile an hour, 44 mile an hour top speed at its absolute peak. It ain't going to do that up an hill. Um, so it's the ground's harder to make up, um, especially because if you look at Beverly, like the seven and a half furlongs there, they go into a, a very steep decline, then it then, then it's a bend. So you've got the breather. So the ones on the front end are getting the breather after sort of a furlong and a half. Well, they haven't even expended any effort to get to that bend, really, because it's downhill into a bend. Then you get your breather because, obviously, you're going probably four or five miles an hour left around a bend. And then, obviously, you, you've got then ammo to kick, kick up the hill. And everything else is trying to catch you up, but you've already kicked and you've got ground. It's, so it's 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 mainly uphill tracks, I would say. Ian. That's that's my goal. Way the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, you, you turn on that bend, you can't be that far behind unless they've gone bananas, you know, or they've got the carrots in. You, they they ain't catching them. Um, and it's 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 that's pretty much it. Okay, excellent. Ah, oh, John, I'm going to start with you for this one. This is uh, this is definitely one for you. What do you make of the letter Venetia has written <clears throat> regarding the issues within national hunt racing in this country? And that's from Adam Webb and Adam. As an aside, great to see you back on Twitter. Um, a very very welcome addition once again to Twitter. Um, I know you guys uh, met up with him and made him drink copious amounts of champagne at York. Yeah, nev- um, ne- never bought around. <laughs> <laughs> There was no stopping him. He was like a human funnel. He was. I said, another one, Adam. Yes. <laughs> another oh, one? Lad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, Adam? John Lang has called you the human funnel. Far in it now until he was ready to fight everybody on that terrace. <laughs> I cannot imagine Adam standing up in the York Champagne Bar starting. Yeah, it was off. Shagging shirt was open to the waist. He was ready to rumble. <laughs> Two buttons are undone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Um, so your your friend Venetia John, I I know you have a bit of a, a bit of a fancy. I, I was a little bit taken aback at this because I mean I didn't even know she could write. I was waiting for bringing a calendar out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Venetia in March, you know, and just <laughs> tweed lingerie and a fedora. <laughs> tweed lingerie. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know that you have. There's a special place in your heart for Venetia. Um, so yeah, basically, she wrote a letter um, to Nick Luck and then appeared on his podcast, um, stating why there was uh, a, a English, <laughs> an English blacklist, an Irish whitewash at um, this year's Cheltenham Festival. She does make some very good points. Um, but I think that maybe the matter needs to be looked into a little bit further. I think that's all we can say with the with the lawyers listening. I'm, I'm a little bit astonished that she chose to appear on a rival podcast. When Do you think we should get her on this one, John? Absolutely. She could be assured of a warm welcome. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I could share my mic with her. It, you, you'd have the shagging shirt on for that, wouldn't mm. you? I don't need to be on long. <laughs> I'm not getting any sense here. What do you make of the letter? Have you listened? Have you oh. read the letter? 
Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know. John gives me these images. I don't know about you, but I, yeah, whenever I he speaks, I get images. And I've said this to him before. It's terrible. He, he must activate the picture images in my brain. And You're it's a visual that, thinker. Yes. And, and he's, he's a master at that. And it, and it kind of just sends me bonkers. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I mean, we all, we all know what the game is. Um, you know, you, you've, you've got to be a bit of an idiot to, to not, not think that there's something untoward uh, regarding the Irish runners in recent times. Look, we all know that they've got the best horse flesh. We all know that they're making the best buys out of the point to points. It's probably a bit of a closed shop um, in terms of, you know, uh, probably British owners getting involved. I mean, you've only got to look at Chevrolet Park. They have everything trained over in the UK, and all of a sudden, where do they take the national horses? You know, to BFG. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of just a bit embarrassing. Everyone sort of knows, mm. but it's kind of no, you can't say anything because yeah, like, like, it's kind of that. <laughs> oh yeah, they've got. Yeah, them <laughs> you know, this one's found. You know, like yes. this this one's pulled its tits off all race and and won by sixteen lengths. <laughs> You know, Jeff Kidd has hit 17 hurdles out of ground and and still won by 10. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a Grade One. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, the best one if anyone wants to view a rabid one was uh, Emmett Mullins one that he sold to McManus at um, Aintree. The shunter. Um, the shunter. It must it must have burst about eight fences, pulled out, did everything possibly wrong, and it's still coming to the last, and it's about six to four in running. You know? yeah. I mean, he he basically up uprooted every fence in Liverpool. Oh, I've never yeah. seen North jump so bad. Yeah, terrible jumping. Yeah. Uh, and and that just shows all you need to know because yeah. I mean that's nothing to do with buying in point to points. I've, <laughs> I've seen I've seen Irish trainers have horses that are that have cost seven thousand euros, are buy multiplex and and buy you know really average breeding and sires yeah. and all of a sudden they're winning big handicap hurdles of 140 you know it, yeah, yeah. it can happen it, the dream can happen but there's just so many times when the irish have uh, yeah exploited the system <laughs> <laughs> so to speak yeah. i think the most um i think the one where i just thought ah this is actually ridiculous was the um was alaho and the Ryanair. yeah i mean yeah, didn't look to have a, a visual firework up his ass, but certainly certainly ran like one. I mean, that was just well, okay. Yeah, it's a good horse, but really, I know. It, I mean, there's been so many. Like I said the 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 ground trainer that won the Coral Cup by a furlong. Um, <laughs> you know, Mick Winters doing windmills in the Cheltenham mud in the parade ring as he's Chatham Street lad, yeah, a Chatham Street lad has bolted. <laughs> 30 clear up the running you know the only thing that stopped it was the pull-up you know i mean it, it, it probably could have ran into town yeah. yeah nearly ran towards gloucester um i mean it was just, it was just it was get just, the second win you know some of these houses and well, uh, i'm well, getting myself from any potential leg of it <laughs> but it's just i mean you just watch it and go all oh, right yeah. i mean chatham street lads have done one career amazing performance and that was it at Chelsea and then yeah, yeah. everything else so whatever was the packet good feed I'm going to say good feed that day. yeah John have you stopped dreaming of um Venetia have you got anything to add no I think uh, I'll just carry on for a little while okay, I'll just I'll, I'll leave you with that 
<laughs> okay, last question um, from Nick Davis. Uh, can the first-time blinkers work the oracle on Kadeem? John, snap out of the Venetia stupor. What's your view? John Wayne, there's Davis, is asking questions about first-time blinkers. He'll know far more about whether they'll work or not than any of us will. We've done all his research. Um, Kadeem's funny, really. Well, it's not funny. It's a bit tragic, to be honest, isn't it? Um, it it's always shit like it was going to be really good, really. Uh-huh. Um, and hasn't delivered. Um, I think possibly my own bias kicks in a bit here, and I'll say, well, I blame Charlie Hills, but you know, <laughs> it's probably a bit. You love the Hills family, you know? um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, he, he does train the odd winner, so I mean, I shouldn't be just blanket blaming that. I mean, he probably wants his knackers off, in all honesty. <laughs> Only you, by the sounds of it tonight. We'll <laughs> <laughs> have to show them back on. <laughs> okay. Um, Lee, thoughts on the next question? Oh, another image popped in my head. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, bringing the sewing kit out for that. Yeah, I, I, look, I mean, I, I, I think Nick's got a point. It's, I think that's a very winnable race for Kadim. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think it's literally between him and well, we'll get onto it more in deep in detail. Yeah. Well, actually, I was going to say um, that is the last question. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've led us quite nicely into the two forty-five at Newmarket tomorrow. The oh, listed seamless. I'm going to say we've so missed your uh, silkiness and that. You look at that straight into the two forty-five. So this is this is our <laughs> first. I've got to thank Nick. Oh, in, it? The six furlong close brothers hopeful sticks. A listed event for fifty-two thousand pounds guaranteed. Yeah, um, so I'm I'm with Nick at the prices because in the chip chase uh, earlier at Newcastle there was literally three quarters of length between them. So as a punter, you've got to decide if you want two to one tab deed that finished sort of three quarters of a length in front of him, uh-huh. or you've got to decide eight to one whether you want to play a card in each way that might find the improvement for blinkers or might go backwards or might go backwards for Charlie Hills or the drunk in the saddle. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, that's another problem. I mean, they, they've booked a drunk. I mean, it's not good. Um, it's, uh, the drunk. Yeah, yeah, the drunk. Um, so, so literally you, you've got a choice. Tab D, I think is cast iron to run its race. It's priced at two to one. So it's like really boring for me to tip. You know, unless, but it, but at the same time, it, 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 he's going to definitely run his race. It's just one of those whether you think Kadim will get that improvement, an eight to one each way you might consider. So that's how I, how I view the race between the two, Sheikh Hamdan. Or, sorry, the Shadowless Estate runners. Obviously. Okay, yeah, and and John, would you have a similar view to um to Lee? Kind of. Um... <laughs> I mean, this race has caused me nothing but anguish and disappointment in all. <laughs> um, I, I did have my eye on Royal Scimitar for the six-wheel-long handicap at York. He didn't turn up. Um, I don't think I can back him on these terms in this, despite him having been back since the entries were made. Um, I think, as Lee says, the choice probably lies between the two Shadwell horses. And if I had to make that choice, I'm afraid I'd be taking my socks off and going, no, blogger, and back <laughs> to tab D because I 
just, I can't back Arsenal. I think it's a shit house on the July cast because I think it gives them too many opportunities to jack it in. Yeah, okay. could be could, yeah, yeah. could be could be could be a could be a stallion or that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. Actually, as an aside to the two forty-five at Newmarket, did you watch that video that um, blogger put up of him and Stallion walking down the street? Uh, which one? Uh, which, in York. In York. Yeah. Just out. Just have a look and. I've not seen that one. Note the. Note the stance of uh, Stallion's jaw. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you might find it very funny. Okay, I'm hunting that one down after this. Maybe yeah, some, yeah. maybe somebody give him one across the yard earlier. I think let's just say I hadn't seen anything like that since I sort of you know used to go to the odd rave in the late nineties. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Final final thoughts, 2.45 Newmarket. Um, John, any bet? Not for me. If you must bet, get your socks off and go blogger. <laughs> me? Any bet for you? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, choose between the two, Tab Deed or Cardim. I prefer Tab Deed myself, a okay. solid two to one. Okay, superb. Thank you. Right, let's um, move on to Beverly. From Newmarket to Beverly, straight up the uh, A1 and some. Um, the two full, 205 rather at Beverly, the um, the Silver Cup. Um, Lee, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Um, well, the, the shirt, I reckon, will be out um, probably tonight and tomorrow. Uh, the the shirt took, took, took one up to uh, Hamilton tonight to, for, a, for a valuable handicap. So I reckon it'd be unbuttoned there to, 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 oh, pull, yeah. to possibly pull a wee morag um, up, <laughs> up there. Nice then, garden track as well, Hammerson. You know, he might be sort of sashaying around, shirt open to the waist. Yeah, and then and then and then down he'll come to Beverly tomorrow, um, for, to see his runner running the Silver Cup at Titian. Um, Beverly's close to Market Raisin, so I hope there's no more Market Raisin antics in years <laughs> gone by. Oh uh, my God! At Beverly tomorrow. I mean, we don't need any of that, do we? In in the sport. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> That um, much the pussy cat dolls doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, are they still so any, going? Yeah. They are in John's head anyway. I think so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Titian um, uh, for Haggis and uh, Marquand. Um, I backed this horse. I had, I had an absolute fortune on it at Doncaster. Of course, it didn't win. They never win when you have fortunes on. Okay. Um, they, they went really slow. Um, last back end in a mile nursery, and I was like seething because it, it was given too much to do. Um, it's always looked a staying type, and I find it very interesting that after 309 days off, he turns up here. And this is Agus placing for you. I think he likes to sort of like find an easy picking if you like so it's a northern handicap um barn owls sort of like looking a bit 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 quirky at the moment uh that's the 11 to 4 market leader so i'm i'm quite keen on titian um for haggis um to do the biz tomorrow at a nine to two. Oh, okay so titian there for lee uh hailing from the stable of the shirt um john you rowing in with the shirt or are you going elsewhere i'm gonna raise the kilt <laughs> <laughs> what do you than me? Um, 
<laughs> that was another mental image for you. Um, <laughs> not good, John. I, I, I think this thing is a little bit interesting. I wouldn't advise anybody to go mad on it, A, because it's the kilt, and B, because it hasn't run for 400 and odd days. But, I mean, this ran second in the Chesham, for God's sake. Yeah. Appeared disappointing, just scraping all my odds on in a, well, in a mess as air. Now, both those runs were on soft. I, I, you can have a look at the damn side and say the entitled to be silted by it, but I'm not keen on Lawman's on soft. I, I think the chances are it's probably done a bit of damage, and that's why we're having the belated return here. But I'm, hmm. I'm encouraged by the fact the kilt's bad in his time and uh, not had this out in April. And... Uh, I, I just think it's interesting. If it looks fit, I think it'd be worth a, a little nibble, shall we say. It's in the box seat, and chances are yep. Big Bad Ben will jump it out in front and <laughs> might be hard to catch. OK. So that's March Law for John in the uh, the Beverly Silver Cup. OK, so we're going to move on to the Beverly Bullet, the 315. Um, John, I'll stay with you. Yeah, do you have a selection in this? Yes, I do. I don't know what it is with these sprint races, though. They are causing me dreadful anguish this way. Okay. Um, you can talk about it, John. You know, this is an open show. If you want to spread the anguish, you know, feel free to I, share. I'd word with my therapist this afternoon. Okay. <laughs> my biggest problem at the minute is uh, the last two weeks when I've been trying to get into Paul Midgley's ribs and I haven't been able to. <laughs> he has. He has sort of half fulfilled what I wanted him to do with Ostilio. And he's got the thrasher off. And he's got Danny No Hope on. (laughs) So I think we'll at least do the right thing with this horse and leave the bugger alone for the first three furlongs. However, Ian Davis sagely points out it's bloody Beverly, isn't it? And it's going to be a sod trying to make up ground on the likes of. Dakota Gold and probably Tarbosh from the uh-huh. stable. So unless them two cut each other's throats, I've probably got a bit of a problem. But I think I think at fifty to one, I can. Spe- you can chance it, yeah. I think I can speculate a couple of monkey nuts on uh, Ostilio one more time, despite knowing full well that Parkland is its race. Okay, okay. So Ostilio for John, uh, a lovely prize there. Double figure price fifty to one in the Beverly Bullet. Lee, your thoughts on this race? Gin. <laughs> Get more gin. It is. It literally is. I mean, I mean, I, I, I honestly, you, you could, you'll either look an idiot or an hero after, after a furlong because it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those, isn't it? You know, you just gotta, yes. you've got to open prayer. Whatever you decide to back gets the right, right position, track position, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's Beverly. That, you know, it's probably a strong, there's a strong pace forecast. Um, so for me, I'm proper sitting it out. Yeah, yeah, sensible, sensible mm. decision, I would mm. say. Lee. Mm. Okay, so let's move on today and then the featured meeting of the domestic action tomorrow, and that is Goodwood. We'll start with the Phillies Prestige Stakes at 150. Lee, I'll stay with you. Um, I know, I know you like these Phillies races, Lee. Um, I, I do. Yes. You do. Yes. No. 
not at all. But yeah, I, I mean, Phillies have been the bane of my life. I mean, I mean, it's it, it's weird because I did all the stats work once on on Phillies and Mares races because for some reason, whenever I back a Philly and Mare, they either win or they're very moody and they say no. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of. I, 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 what are you trying to say, Lee? I know, but the stats, exactly. So I must be wrong because the stats say that I am wrong. The stats that it's no different if you're a filly or a male or anything. So it's probably my, uh, you know, forty-eight-year-old sexism coming through. I reckon. It's, uh, it, it, know, it, it's the blatant misogyny. Absolutely. Coming yeah. Through the airwaves. Yeah, but anyway, so but I do, I do really like one in this. Um. It's the David Simcock train Clitheroe. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. This is this is this is this is a terrible thing, really. Um, because we think, like. I know, as as John testifies <laughs> on this show for a while now, you know, back in Simcock horses, it's away to the poorhouse dispenser. <laughs> on you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know it's going to be a drop in from stall ten. You know there'll probably be traffic problems. You know it'll be like. You know, on Twitter after effing Spencer. You know, you 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 know all this, but yep. I can't I can't be helped but drawn to it because she did a, an enormous uh, sectional time figure upgrade at Newbury. It's about thirty pounds worth to come, I think. Um, she's definitely stakes class. So whatever she does today, I'm not really bothered because I think she will be contesting the sort of listed group threes whatever okay. you know the autumn yeah. so Clitheroe um I'm very keen to watch I'll be having a small bet each way only because like I said it, it's at seven to one it's not bad I do think yeah. she's class I mean it's a maiden running in a, in a in a group race but that doesn't put me off because she showed enough for me to suggest she's definitely stakes class for this autumn so Clitheroe at seven okay. to one each way for me Okay, um, I can. I mean, I can't see him, but I can imagine John just sitting there shaking his head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> John, where are your thoughts going for this race? My thoughts on this race are: there is a town and civil parish in the borough of Ribble Valley in Lancashire, England, approximately thirty-four miles northwest of Manchester. It's near the Forest of Bowland, and is often used as a base for tourists visiting the area. The town's most notable building is the castle, said to be one of the smallest Norman capes in Britain. Several manufacturing companies have sites there, including Dugdale Nutrition. That's about all I can think of to say on Clitheroe, because of late <laughs> stuff. Uh, I was going to tip it. Fair, I don't, I don't think I've ever it, stopped in yeah. Clitheroe. Yeah, uh, Okay. Two votes for Clitheroe. I do think it is a decent... I, I, I thought that the interesting one was possibly Hello You, because I like the fact he's whipping her out quick and she might have the freshness of her from running at York. But I also think this all-conquering Simcock yard can overcome any disadvantage Spencer might convey onto the horse. And I'm convinced she's a neat, nice filly. And uh, I think she'll win this. Well, okay. we're well, not going to go bar stewards special because it's Simcock and Spencer. It's the only reason. If if this if this was a trainer that would happily maybe sit third or maybe just 
pop in and you know, uh, but he won't. John Friggin Wainwright would probably go special. I, th- I think so. I, I, th- I think that the, you know that th- we love a Barstool special because because when we agree and we're quite confident, and I'm quite confident she's a very good filly. But like you said, John, it, mitigating factors. Yeah. Spencer dropping it in last and then fly, flying to finish fourth, beating a short head for third, and yeah. everyone's well, spitting feathers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can see that. But anyway, that that's, yeah, good good shout okay. out. But a voice of confidence there for uh, Clitheroe in the Phillies event. Okay, the, the 225, the um, seven furlong handicap. Um, really? Do you... Uh, Yes. Anything in this? I have. Yes. Um, obviously, the it's actually becoming it's a, a more of an attractive price is Aratus of of Clive Cox, David Egan, and Saddle. Three to one is available at the moment, I believe, and that's quite attractive because I think this horse is highly progressive. Um, certainly, will be pro- probably going to be stakes class, you'd think. Um, so I can't put anyone off that. But at, at a price, I did feel. The accidental agent at sixteen to one was was ridiculously priced, okay. um, for the simple reason, I think this horse ran for. I mean, this horse has had an idiot on nearly all its life. I mean, you know, in in, in Errol Bishop. I mean, it, it, it literally has. The, look at the one time Georgia rode it recently. You know, it beat yeah. Rifleman. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, and it quickened up lovely at Newmarket. It did really well to win because they didn't go that hard, and it quickened up really well on the outside for Georgia. And you know, so they stuck the idiot back on, and then you know, it's back mm. to type. Um, and I just thought, hundred and four. Maybe you're bashing the bishop like this. Well, <laughs> it's a lifetime thing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> a lifestyle thing as well um yeah that's banks anyway so um georgia derby yes so i think that's the key in a way because i think she got a tune out of she got the horse to think yes this is easy off 104 when i've been training queen Anne's mm-hmm. and training group races and the horse beat rifleman which came out and won at york um yeah uh, last week so the form is starting to stack up there Three pounds higher mark. What's not to like? I thought Georgia gets a tune at 16s. I'd much rather back that at 16s than I would uh, Aratus. But Aratus is a little bit of value night threes because it was put in like five to two, and I'm thinking that's a little bit short. But three to one's mm-hmm. getting there if, for the favourite. But yes, I do like Accidental Agent. Yeah. That's my choice at 16s. Okay, uh, John. Um, there was three I sort of had interest in in this. One uh, was persuasion, believe it or not, from the funky Charlie Hills he had. Um, I love the hills, really. Yeah, um, <laughs> it popped a blood vessel last time out when it was fancied at Ascot in mm-hmm. that seventh furlong handicap. I um, mean, it, it was proper fancied as well. It was only 11 to 1. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think if you can forgive that, you can give this a live chance because I think it'll be ridden fairly handy. He's got, got a nice bit of early, this. And I, I can't say the race being full of early pace unless the kilt does his usual. Um, the other one was obviously Eratus, who just seems progressive and dangerous. Yeah. And the one I was really interested in, but the price is slashed in half all, all week, is Kimmy Five. Yes, I thought you were going to say Kimmy Five. Yeah, I mean, it's first run for Mr. Bridgewater. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't say this is definitely a trainer upgrade, but what I would say is that 
I think this horse has looked in need of a freshen up. And uh-huh. that might be significant if it's having its first run for him. If not, you know, I mean, if it run another skillman, I'll give the impression he'd let it down a bit. Certainly want to keep an eye on for the next two or three runs. Yeah, okay, yeah, change of scenery yeah. may work, the Oracle. So if I was to um, get a get a sort of one selection from you, what would you say? I'd have to get my socks off again, I'm afraid, and go with heritage. <laughs> Just, one, one, one more for the H.O.A. Trixie from hell, don't I? <laughs> that's, that's proper blogger territory, that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on to the uh, the March stakes. Now, I really fancy one in here, but I'll, obviously I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hold back on that. Um, so um, Lee, go for your thoughts on the March stakes. Okay, well, uh, obviously from the Goodwood podcast, um, everyone know how, how sweet I am on Nagano as a horse. Um, I you know, very keen on it at Goodwood, just worried about whether it handled the ground. It did, it won nicely. It's up seven pounds in the weights. I don't think that's necessarily a problem in, in, in this affair. Um, however, um, I think this race comes down to tactics and... Lift him home, Joe. Lift it, Joe. Lift it, Joe. Lift it. Um, Dancing King um, for the 78-year-old Joe Fanning to sort of lift it in the final furlong. Um, After the easy, it'll it'll get given. I cannot see any pace pressure whatsoever. None of these ever ever will want to make the running. Um, And I think it's straightforward for Joe just to sit. And if he gets it right in front... Um, seven to two at the moment is going to look very, very big. So dancing okay. thing for me. Lift them, Joe. Yeah. Okay. Um, John. Well, I was hugely encouraged when I saw the young name for this race when it's the match stakes in memory of John Dunlop. And I thought, what they might do to mark the event was have the kilt and, and Joe fanning his redundancy notice in the paddock and telling me he's not getting any money. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> ideal John ideal yeah Yeah. Um, other than that um, I thought that it was hugely significant that Mr Cromwell uh-huh. was sending white pepper for this with a with a mark of 84 he could have probably humped up in a handicap absolutely yeah and here we are in the mark stakes for god's sake so god alone knows how this will run but I mean that, that I, it's the only play I could make in the race, yeah. really. Yeah, and um, that is yeah, that's my one bet of the weekend actually. Um, <laughs> white pepper. Um, I think if you like, you said there's there's going to be things that you that you could easily win um, domestically with that horse in Ireland, and um, to to come over and take this. And if you watch the win at Tremor last time out. Um, one going away over one mile four, and um, you know, obviously likes undulations, so we haven't got any problems on the track there. And I think when you see <laughs> sort of declared here, Frankie jocked up, um, I was quite happy to see that. And White Pepper is my selection as well, John. So, well, that's it, Catherine. I mean, the mark of 84, I mean, more or less, whatever happens here, this handicap match, and we get a bigger spunk Absolutely. in the 80 yeah. after a football dinner, isn't it? <laughs> 
that's that's one saying I I must remember. Yeah, that's a good good way of putting it, John. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Dancing King uh, for Lee there and myself and John are with Mr. Cromwell's White Pepper. So okay, last race to be discussed. This course the feature event at Goodway, the Tote Celebration Mile uh, Group Two event. Um, John, we'll stay with you. What's your what's your thoughts on this? This is a glorious heat, isn't it? Um, <laughs> ben Battle would probably lap these on his old farm, but I think um, ra- rather similar to the lads, I think we're getting a lot of uh, market clothes these days from these good old Um We got a fairly big one in the Voltiger the other week. Yeah. Um, and I would like to have seen more market confidence in this to confirm that he's where you would think he is, if you get me. And uh, probably for the last time, I'm going to show a bit of faith in the yoghurt cannon and (laughs) Titch. Because, I mean, technically, against us like Ben Battle, he's probably not down in grade, but he is. Um, now, to me, since Ascot, this horse has given the impression he would blow Ralph Harris for a crack at <laughs> But having said that, I think he's acquitted himself reasonably well in the mile races he's gone for. I would like to see him ridden a bit more positive round here. I think it would be on the man's to do that. And... Uh, I'm, uh, I'm throwing me hat in with Chindit for the last time over a mile. If he doesn't run him over 10, so and I'm going to write him a strongly worded letter. I think you should, John. I think you should. I think you should put it on Twitter as well, dear Venetia. <laughs> Lee, what are your thoughts on this celebration mile? Yeah, I, I concur John's thoughts on in terms of Ben Battle. You, If that had been six, to, I know it sounds daft because we all bet for value, but if they've punted that into six to four, then you know it's a shoo-in because the Ben Battle of old would would, mm-hmm. would definitely prob- probably be a worthy six to four, 11 or eight chance to win this. The fact that it's 11 to four and no one's bothering says yeah. that, that they're a bit unsure where they're at with it. Um, so yeah, I see John's point on Chindit. However, I this is my best bet of the TV cards on the weekend, and I'm very, very keen on Boss Hogs, Duke of Hazard. <laughs> Boss um, yes. Um, I mean, this this horse, I mean, whatever whatever anyone says about it, say, ah, oh, this isn't top class, you know, what a load of rubbish. I mean, look at its Goodwood record, folks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, I mean, this horse is, 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 he loves it round here, loves this gas pit. Um, and, you know, three wins... Uh, a second place and a fifth, and the only time it ran disappointing was on the the absolute Goodwood bog um, behind Century Dream uh, last year, when the, the soft ground just doesn't suit this horse. So if you take that out of it, it's finished first, first, and second, and only second when it comes second, it was second to Space Blues. Well, you know, I mean, I know Space Blues is a seven furlong horse, but Space Blues is a very, very good horse, um, and. I, I just, how is this 12 to 1? It's just remarkable because it did not run badly at all last week at York behind Real World. It finished third. Um, like I said, perfectly acceptable run. Um, you know, probably wouldn't have suited uh, the, the race shape and how York rides. 
Uh, and I just think back back to its favourite track, Stall One, the Doyler, twelve to one each way is massive. I'd have that. Pr- I, if if I knew that Ben Battle wasn't quite right, I'd have probably have this as near as five to one, eleven to two. So twelve okay. to one, the bet the better the TV cards for the weekend. Okay. Just reading the quote from Olivia Cole, trainer's sister. Uh, <laughs> he's spot on, says Olivia. And the ground will be perfect. He loves good, good to firm ground. And he loves the track. He's won this race before. He ran a really big race at Epsom earlier this season when he didn't get the gaps. He probably wasn't off. I think <laughs> he won a really big race. So every reason to feel confident because Olivia's having a fiver on as well by the look of things. So I'd like to hear that. Who's who's Boss Hogg then out of James Doyle and Paul Cole? <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying who's pitching and who's catching, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Boss, Hogg was, Boss Hogg Boss Hogg was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah, one for the good old boys. Oh, yeah. Do you, I just remember, I don't know what episode it was, but he was, was in the back of the police car there on the chase and he's just shoving down loads of sausages. <laughs> Absolutely superb. <laughs> Anyway, that's that's um, that's a bit of the 80s nostalgia there. Um, pick, and before we close, um, <laughs> any other business to report? Um, no, not really. Other than that, um, uh, just we're back on Sunday. We've got Lorne Malvo coming back for the uh, the sermon. We've wheeled him out. Oh, we wheel out, yeah. We, we've oiled him. Um, so he'll be with me and John on Sunday at the around the usual time for some more a straight talking southerner. Straight talking complete rubbish <laughs> for for about forty five minutes. <laughs> okay. Um John, I dread to ask this question. Do you have anything to add? <laughs> no, I've got some people going to Regta tomorrow night, local track. Okay. Um, I haven't decided whether I'm gonna join them on that yet, but might, might put in an appearance at the local. Shirt on? Obviously, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> you went down there with your shirt, you'd get stabbed. <laughs> okay. Um, well, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for your questions. And uh, the boys will be back uh, with with the retrobate Lawn Marvo for their Sunday sermon. So look out for that. And uh, take care. We'll see you soon. <laughs>